All right, everybody, it's another episode of the Highly Opinionated Podcast. I'm George Beckner, and I'm highly opinionated about these sports topics. We're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. How great are these Golden State Warriors? We're going to talk about the Eastern Conference Finals. Who's coming out of the East? Is it Toronto? Is it the Raptors? Or is it the Bucks? Is Giannis is going to ball out? We're going to talk about the New Orleans Pelicans. Who that retiring? Is it Drew? Are they going to pick up Gerald McCoy? I'm going to tell you in a few. And we're going to also talk about possible landing spots for Kevin Durant and a couple of other free agents in 2020. And we're going to do it right after this. Guys, you know we got to talk about these NBA playoffs, and we're going to start out in the West, where the Golden State Warriors have punched their ticket for their fifth consecutive NBA Finals. And look, I'm a humble person. I'm going to take time out to eat this humble pie, because last time we talked, I said the Golden State Warriors were in trouble. They were in a dogfight series with the Houston Rockets. They just lost Kevin Durant to a calf injury. It didn't look good for the Warriors. I thought their streak... Uh, all these finals appearances was over. But oh no. Steph Curry said, oh no, man. You know, Steph Curry came through in the clutch and he had to remind people why he was the only unanimous MVP, regular season MVP in NBA history. You know, this brother has been nothing short of amazing since Kevin Durant got hurt. But if you look at the whole Warriors team, the Warriors team, to me, looked like a different basketball team. And before you jump to conclusions, Kevin Durant is a fantastic player. He's a number, a top two player in the NBA right now. If you want to put him over LeBron or if you want to put LeBron over him, it doesn't matter. But Kevin Durant's that special. The dude could do everything, right? I'm not saying that the, that the talent of the Golden State Warriors are better without Kevin Durant. But if you look at the way they play, this team looked completely unstoppable without Kevin Durant. You know, then that Houston series at the beginning, you saw Steph Curry kind of struggle where he was shooting 25% from three-point land in the first, like, five games. You saw the, the Warriors get nothing at all from their bench. Kevin Durant's get hurt. You think they're in trouble, but, man, they come out and they look like a they, they look like a well-armed machine. You know, Steve Kerr, hats off to him. He rallied the troops. And then you got to give props to people like Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Because Steph completely took over. Steph, 30-plus points. I think him and Draymond were the first teammates in a long time to get triple doubles in an elimination game. Those guys did their thing, man. I mean, Steph was nothing short of amazing Draymond played well in all facets of the game. He played good on-ball defense. Klay Thompson played amazing defense on Dame Lillard. 
You know, Lillard was a guy who got whatever he wanted in the first two series. He didn't do anything against the Warriors. C.J. McCollum was the only guy on Portland that really made it interesting, him and Rodney Hood. But if you look at it, this Warrior team, the reason why they're so unstoppable and they're even, they seem to be a little bit more lethal without Kevin Durant, as crazy as that sounds, because of their ball movement. They're, when Kevin Durant is in the game, as great as he is, it's easy to give him the ball, let him isolate, and watch him do his thing because he's that good. But when he's not there, this ball moves. It's moved, the ball is constantly getting swung from one side to the other, and that creates all kind of open shots for your role players. It creates open shots for Steph and Clay. It also creates a lot of layups. And if you look at it, the Warriors shot better as a team without Kevin Durant, and also the bench was more involved. Because before Kevin Durant got hurt, the bench didn't do anything. They didn't contribute him anything. They just was they just was, was a non-factor. So Kevin Durant gets hurt and everybody starts stepping it up because of the ball movement, man. And, and if you look at it, what makes Golden State so dangerous? Think about this. In the first game of the Western Conference Finals, the Trailblazers had a five-point lead. In the, in the other three games, Portland had a double-digit lead, and I think two of them came in the second half. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This team is so lethal to where they're erasing leads. There's not a big enough lead that you can have on the Golden State Warriors to where people think that they're comfortable, where you think you'll win the game. And Portland showed it. Portland had those leads and didn't even have a shot. I've never seen anything like this. But, you know, let, let's think about this Warriors team and let's be able to appreciate what they bring to the table. I was highly critical of the Warriors in the beginning because I felt like they made the big man obsolete. But, I mean, they play some good fundamental basketball, man. Like, they swing the ball. They pass the ball well. They defend well. And they're one of the all-time great teams that we've ever seen. So let's appreciate the moment. Let's appreciate what we're watching. Because five straight NBA Finals and outside of Bill Russell's Celtics, it's never been done. You know? So let, let's appreciate what they've been able to do. And we're going to celebrate these guys one day as one of the all-time great teams. It's going to be hard for the Bucks or even the Raptors to beat them in the series. I fully expect the Warriors to take this three-peat home, but we got to see who they'll play in the Eastern Conference first. Speaking of the Eastern Conference, we are in the middle of a great series right now where the Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors are tied two games apiece with Game 5 in Milwaukee tonight. And I got to be honest with you, at the beginning of this series, I thought the Bucks would run away with this. Um, then they started playing, and the Bucks went up 2-0 on their home floor. They It didn't look close to me. It looked like the only guy who even played for the Toronto Raptors was Kawhi Leonard. But you know what they say. They say a series doesn't start till someone wins on someone else's floor. And that held true for this series because we're back to game five and the home team has won all four games. You know, with Toronto, 
getting some life at home in Toronto. Um, they, the first game went to a couple of overtimes. The last game was a more lopsided victory where they beat the Bucks by 18. So let's talk about this series a little bit. I personally feel like the, the Milwaukee Bucks would be a bigger threat to the Golden State Warriors, make a better final series. But the Raptors aren't ready to, to lay down yet. You know, at the beginning of the series, it looked like Kawhi Leonard had to do this all by himself. Now, I personally think that the Bucks are better constructed. You know, I like what they got going on. I like the addition of Meritage. I like Brogdon coming off the bench. I like Middleton. I like Eric Bledsoe. And obviously, Giannis is doing what he does in the paint. I like this team. Is They're well-balanced and they're well-coached. But Toronto, man, Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard might be the best player in the playoffs. You know, he's carried the team consistently this whole postseason, right? And he's continuing to do so. Now, he did look like he kind of was ginger on that on that right leg, I believe it was. But, man, the, the bench of the Toronto Raptors really stepped it up. You know, you got guys like Powell and Van Fleet and Ibaka. Between those three guys, they got 48 points off the bench. Marcus Gasol has looked great. Kyle Lowry has found – Kyle Lowry has not played well at all this postseason. But these last couple of games, he's looked like the Kyle Lowry of old who was a perennial all-star. So, you guys have to be more consistent through the last three games of this series for the Raptors to have a shot. Because if, you, if you're depending on Kawhi Leonard to take you to the promised land and just to carry the team, he's due for a bad game at some point in time. Also, he's not 100% right now. So the Raptors bench does not travel well. They have not played well on the road all postseason. But if they can get some good contributions from those guys and Kyle Lowry can have another big game, they can win this series. I thought I counted them out, but it looks like they can win this series. So, but it has to be game five. It has to be game five. They have to go in there tonight and they have to beat the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. Because if they don't, I don't see them winning a game seven in Milwaukee. I don't see Kyle Lowry and Van Fleet and all these guys having big games in game seven. I think the moment's too big for them. The only guy on that team who can carry him is Kawhi Leonard, but I just don't see him beating the Milwaukee Bucks by himself. I like the Bucks in this series. I like the Bucks to get it done tonight at home. I think Giannis is going to go crazy. I think Bledsoe's going to get in the paint and penetrate and kick, and I think Brogdon and Middleton and Miritich is just going to hit all kind of open shots tonight. I like the Bucks in this game tonight. I like the Bucks to win the series, but – We'll see. All right, I'm going to switch gears for a little bit. I'm going to talk about somebody who's at home right now. I'm going to talk about these New Orleans Pelicans. I was high on these Pelicans last year. I was high on them before the draft lottery. In some kind of way, the right ping pong ball made it, and the Pelicans have the number one pick in the NBA draft. So that means Zion Williamson is coming to New Orleans. I like this for the franchise, a franchise that didn't have great attendance. Now have a young, good, exciting player to be excited about. Um, 
I think Anthony Davis is a foregone conclusion that he's gone. So it's good for that franchise to have something to be excited about. Plus, with the type of player Zion is, it helps you move on from Anthony Davis because they are they play similar positions. Now, I think Anthony Davis is obviously a well-seasoned vet. I mean, he, he has a better skill set, in my opinion, than Zion Williamson. I don't think he'll be as good as Anthony Davis. But if you look at the Pelicans roster as is, you already got Alfred Payton playing point guard. You got Drew Holiday. You got Julius Randle. You got Zion Williamson. To me, that's not a bad core of guys. Then you're going to get compensated well for Anthony Davis. You know, now there's a couple of things that can happen with Anthony Davis. Uh... Vice President David Griffith and general manager, new general manager Trajan Langdon, who we'll get to in a minute, by the way, they are in recruit mode. They're trying to get Anthony Davis to see the new leadership of the Pelicans, see a new direction where the Pelicans are going. It looks like the Pelicans have committed to Alvin Gentry being their head coach, at least for the next year. So they're trying to sell Anthony Davis on the fact that this could be a winning franchise and you could be a playoff team and go deep in the playoffs next year. Um, I don't know about that, but we'll see. Um, but I do like the direction the Pelicans are going in. I just think it's a foregone conclusion that he's gone, and I'm excited about the value that the Pelicans can receive once they trade Anthony Davis. Because the last thing you want to do is let him walk in free agency. You can't let him walk for free. Now, Gail Benson has come out and said that under no circumstances over her dead body will she trade Andy Davis to the Lakers. So, obviously, the package of Kuzma, Ball, Ingram, all those guys, that's off the table, right? I don't see that happening, especially if she made a bold statement like that. You know, but let's talk about some landing spots, right? Um, Boston was a major player in all of this. And if you look at Boston – um, I don't think they're going to be willing to give up as much as they would have last year because Kyrie Irving is an unrestricted free agent. Now, obviously, it might behoove Kyrie to stay if they're able to pull off a trade for Anthony Davis and he has a better chance to to win, right? But if they can pull off a trade for Boston to get Jason Tatum, to get a Jalen Brown, maybe Marcus Smart, I think that looks good for the Pelicans. The Pelicans in their history have not had a very good small forward ever. You know, I'm thinking the Morris Petersons of the world. I'm thinking the Peja Stojakovic. And those were the best guys that I could think of at the three, which eh, is, is less than impressive. Um, so they, they never had that. They've always been lacking that. A guy like Jason Tatum is just what the doctor ordered. Um, I also like Phoenix for a possible trade destination. Um, Anthony Davis and Monty Williams obviously have a relationship. Anthony Davis was a little upset when they fired Monty Williams in New Orleans. So if you trade you trade Davis for uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, whoa, now all of a sudden that looks good too, you know. So, the Pelicans, they have an opportunity here to really make some waves um, because 
the Western Conference, even though it's a superior conference, is not as deep as it used to be. You know, the Warriors are always going to be there. Um, the Lakers are in shambles right now. I don't think they're still going to be that relevant unless they get a big-time free agent. But with the front office the way it is, I don't see that happening. You know, Denver's solid. Portland, I thought Portland overachieved in my opinion. I don't think Portland's as solid as they looked. Um, OKC's always going to be a factor. So, in the West, there's some there. The it's reasonable to believe that the Pelicans – could be anywhere from like a six to a fourth seed if they get the right pieces in place. So I'm very excited about the season. I think that they have a good opportunity to make some waves. I also think them bringing in Trajan Langdon from the Nets was a good move. Now, if you're like me, when you heard the name Trajan Langdon, you thought about him as a sharpshooter at Duke University. He and Elton Brand had some good years together under Coach K. Um, and then he went to the Cleveland Cavaliers and kind of fell off the map. But I had to do some research, man. Trajan Langdon was actually doing some good stuff. Uh, he, I think he was executive of the year in the G League. He also was the assistant GM in Brooklyn for the Nets. And the Nets have made some good acquisitions and really has a good young core in Brooklyn right now. So I do think that there's a lot of potential with Trajan Langdon. Um, I'm curious to see what, what the Pelicans do in the offseason, but I think this is going to be a good basketball team. And if Zion Williamson could come in, develop, and play well with the pieces around him, they could keep that core intact. The Pelicans are going to be a good young basketball team. We're going to stay in New Orleans right quick. Um, the New Orleans Saints had an amazing year last year. They had the best record in the NFL. They had a good run. They went all the way to the NFC title game, and a controversial no call on a pass interference cost them the season. Um, so they obviously have a very good football team. The window of opportunity is still open. I'm not sure how long this opportunity is for them to be a Super Bowl contender, but it's there. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers recently released Defensive tackle, former Pro Bowl defensive tackle, Gerald McCoy. Uh, Gerald McCoy was a first-round draft pick, a very high draft pick. He's been a productive player, um, but he's released. So Drew Brees made a comment saying, of course he wants Gerald McCoy on his team. And I look at this football team, and I'm like, why not? Because right now you have a very good complement of defensive ends. Right now you got Cam Jordan. You also got... Marcus Davenport, who suffered with some toe injuries last year, but is fully expected to be healthy this year. Adding Jared McCoy makes sense because that makes for a very, very good defensive line. And if you look at the teams that's in the NFC, the Chicago Bears won a division last year. The Dallas Cowboys won their division last year. The LA Rams won their division last year. What do these teams have in common? These teams have great running attacks in common. You know, they all can run the ball. They all have good offensive line. So a great defensive line in New Orleans will help them take it to the next level, you know, because the Saints were able to run the ball well last year on offense, but the off, but the passing game tapered off a little bit toward the end of the season. The defense played well, and the defense held some teams uh, 
to some low low scoring games, which helped the Saints finish with a 13 and three record. But you can always improve on defense, and the better the defensive line is, the better your football team is. So that will help the Saints have a better shot to finish it off and get the job done. Because if you look at these last two years, the Saints have been very good, and they lost on controversy. They lost to the Vikings on a last-minute play where I thought the Saints would have beat Philadelphia, at least given them a better game than the Vikings gave them in the NFC title game. And then last year, I thought the Saints should have won that football game too, just my opinion. But my point is this team has an opportunity to take it to the next level and get back to the Super Bowl, which would be their first Super Bowl appearance since the 2009 season uh, where they won Super Bowl 44 in Miami. But let's think about this. Drew Brees was quoted as saying that he wanted to play every season like it's his last. Um, Drew Brees has been a Hall of Fame quarterback. Whenever he decides to hang it up, as soon as he's eligible to be in the Hall of Fame, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no doubt in my mind. The all-time leader in passing yards. You know, he's on pace to break Peyton Manning's record for the all-time leader in passing touchdowns. Um, the man's been nothing short of amazing in his time in New Orleans. Um, but he's 40 years old. He has to retire at some point. And if the Saints do have a good season and are able to win the Super Bowl again, I think he retires. And uh, and even if, he, even if the Saints don't, I mean, he's got to retire at some point in time. The Saints have to make a decision, you know, Right now, you got a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who Sean Payton believes is the heir apparent. He says he has his guy when asked about Drew Brees' successor. That's why the Saints did not pick a quarterback in the NFL draft, because Sean Payton believes in Teddy Bridgewater. And Teddy is good enough to be a starter in this league. So I don't think it's going to be like an Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre type of situation, because Drew Brees isn't, isn't a diva like Brett Favre was. But at the same time, the Saints organization has to make a decision at some point. Um, I'm not saying run Drew Brees out of New Orleans because, I mean, he's been great. He's been a lot to this franchise. But at the same time, you got to make a decision. And I don't think you let Drew Brees play till he's 45, 46 years old. Um, the window of opportunity is open. Outside of Drew Brees, you – you got some good pieces. You know, you think about guys like Mike Thomas. You think about Alvin Kamara. You think about the pretty good offensive line that you had. You drafted well on the offensive line. Um, you got some young studs on defense. You got, you know, a very, very good defensive line already, especially if you do add a Jared McCoy. You've got a pretty good secondary with Marshawn Lattimore. You know, you, you've got good pieces there. Um, side of the linebackers, too, you know. And a young football team, a team that could be good for a while, if they get a quarterback who can be as consistent as Drew Brees was, if Teddy Bridgewater's that guy, you might have to transition after next year no matter what happens. But we'll see. It's just a thought. I'd love to know what y'all think. So if y'all have any questions about that or y'all have an opinion, man, hit me up on my Twitter or my Instagram. It'll be in the episode description. But we got to move on. All right, another news. 
Big congratulations goes out to Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard, a former Michigan basketball player, Fab Five member, was actually selected as the next head coach of Michigan basketball team. So big ups to Jawan Howard for going back to his alma mater, a place where he made history as a player. Now he is he has an opportunity to make some good history as a coach. Um, Jawan played with the Miami Heat. I want to say that was his last stop. Um, he transitioned to an assistant coach. Has been and has been a, an assistant coach in the NBA since then. Um, well deserved. Congratulations again, Jawan Howard. Um, Jawan Howard's former college teammate, uh, Rob Palenka, um, was in the news recently because Magic Johnson made an appearance on ESPN's first take, and he was just talking about what went wrong in the Lakers' front office. And he pointed the finger at Rob Palenka, saying Rob was doing all the backstabbing, and the Lakers' front office is dysfunctional right now because of Rob Palenka. And don't get me wrong, I question Rob Palenka from jump because the only experience Rob had was that he was Cobra Bryant's agent. Um, I don't think that made him qualified to be the Lakers' general manager, but nevertheless, he got the job. But just looking at the whole Lakers' mess, you, I think the finger needs to point, be pointed at Jeannie Buss. Magic's not going to do it because of that relationship that he has with her. But it's too many friend stuff going on in L.A. They want to hire each other's friend. They want all this, all these opinions from everybody. The Lakers is a disgrace right now. They're an embarrassment. And I hate to see the Lakers like this because I am a basketball fan. And I think the NBA is better when the Lakers are good. But anyway, the Lakers are going to have to bring in a big free agent this summer. Um, they're going, they're one of many teams jockeying for a position to get one of this, one of these amazing free agents. You know, you got Kyrie Irving available, you got Kevin Durant available, Kawhi, just to name a couple. But man, it's loaded with all kind of players that could be possible that could possibly be on the move, right? So. I mentioned Kevin Durant. Let's look at Kevin Durant, you know, because I think this situation with Kevin Durant has gotten a whole lot more interesting over the last week or so. Why, you ask? So, Golden State. Golden State was in a dogfight with Houston. Kevin Durant gets hurt. And Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green all take their games up to the next level. The ball movement is popping. And they showing you why they were NBA champions the first time and why they won 73 games without Kevin Durant on that roster. Now, I know they lost a few pieces to acquire Kevin Durant, a couple of role players, but those main three guys have been playing so well, they've been able to get other guys involved. You know, they've been able to get some of the young guys off the bench, Andre Iguodala looked a little younger. Sean Livingston played well for the first time in years, in my opinion. These guys look good, and they've made a statement without Kevin Durant. This team doesn't need Kevin Durant, and for Kevin Durant's legacy, he shouldn't want to be in Golden State. Now, it just depends on what he's looking at. 
Um, like I said, for his legacy, he shouldn't want to be there. But if you look at career longevity, if he wants to win more rings, obviously Golden State give him the best opportunity. And also, he'd be able to extend his career as long as guys like Clay and Draymond are in their prime or playing close to it because those guys are going to get the tough defensive assignments. Kevin Durant doesn't have to guard the best player on each team every night like other superstars do. Like Kawhi Leonard has to guard the best player on another team every night because he's Kawhi Leonard and he's a great defender. But if you look at Golden State, Kevin Durant don't have to do that. You know, as great of a defender Michael Jordan was in his career, Michael Jordan had the leg- had the luxury, excuse me, of not having to guard the best player on the other team because he had Scottie Pippen to do so. So you got to think about all this if you're Kevin Durant. Um, I think he leaves because I'm pretty sure he's tired of people telling him he took the easy way out and him going to Golden State was a weak move, which it was. So I think eventually he's got to do something different. But I don't know. We'll see. It just depends on what's more important to him. I think if he wants to stay in Golden State, it's just because he wants to win more rings and he wants to prolong his career as long as possible. Or if he cares about his legacy, he's got to go. I think the Clippers would be the most attractive spot, in my opinion. Uh, I like what Jerry West has been able to do in that front office. Doc Rivers is a great coach. They looked well, uh, and they gave Golden State the, the most fits out of anybody in the playoffs. You know, so I like Clippers, the Clippers as a possible landing spot. And who doesn't want to live in L.A.? Who doesn't want to be in sunny California? I think that's a good look for Kevin Durant. Um, I think the Knicks would be a bad decision. The Knicks are terrible. They're always going to be terrible. They've, they've been, you know, since Patrick Ewing got old, they've been terrible. I, I don't see the Knicks. I think James Dolan is one of the worst owners in sports. I don't think that's a good place for you, for Kevin Durant. You know, um, Kyrie Irving, it's another one, talking about going to the Knicks. I don't think that's a good landing spot for him either. You know, uh, so I think the Clippers are a very, very good landing spot. I think the Nets, the Nets isn't a bad team to go to. With that young squad, a guy like Kevin Durant would really look good in, in the Brooklyn jersey. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't think anybody goes to the Lakers because I don't think anybody wants to play with LeBron. I think at this stage in his career, he's not going to lead a team to a championship and he's going to stunt the growth of young players at this point. I think LeBron's career has been amazing, but I don't think he's going to get title number four. Um, But that's just me. So with that, I'm going to just go ahead and wrap up this episode. If you like anything that we discussed today or any day, please subscribe and share with a friend. That's all I got for this episode, and I'm out.